Kids go shopping. Kids go shopping. It's cute. It is cute. Um, I oh, like Jake needs to get a present for his mom for mm-hmm. her birthday. So he's like, I did a really bad job of this last time. He got her a classic Spider-Man number three in almost mint condition. Mm-hmm. He blames being a year younger and having asked Marco to help. <laughs> um, so he's asked Cassie if she wants to help him shop, which is dumb because Cassie isn't to clothes and cute things. So Cassie asks Rachel to help. <laughs> and then we just have like mall rat Rachel mode, just like as they go through. Yeah. And just like, what about that one? Too expensive. Do you have $100? And Cassie's just like, okay, how about, uh-uh. Cassie, think about it. <laughs> Rachel said, looking slightly perturbed by our stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the name of the store. It might as well scream, fat middle-aged ladies. Jake, do you want to tell your mum? And to be fair, I could do without the fat phobic joke, right. but I appreciate the, thing, the, the point they're trying to make. Mm-hmm. To be fair, at least Jake's just like, no. I mean, I thought it might be a trick question. I mean, I don't, do I? <laughs> <laughs> Which is just such a good boy response. Yep. Um, and, and Rachel's just like, do you guys ever shop for anything? I feel like I'm dealing with acts here. I mean, are you two from this planet? And just breaks it down. You need something that says, I think of you being young and cool. Something classic, understated. And just like, we're going to the department store. That one, it's over there. This is where we want to be. Look for sales signs. They'll be red with black letters. And Cassie's just like, see, Rachel owns this mall. <laughs> uh, and I appreciate that Jake is affectionate, saying like shopping and kicking butt, Rachel's specialities. <laughs> And honestly, there's, uh, based on how Rachel acts here, there's a lot of similarities between shopping and kicking butt. Um, Mm -hmm. Because she comes at it like it's a fight that she has to win, right? I know a number of people for whom treat shopping like that, especially clothes shopping. Yeah. It was $33 originally, Rachel crowed. $33 marked down to $25. Then a 30% discount for this one-day sale. We got it for $17.50. Do you realize it's almost half the original price? $17.5 bucks for that bright, for that blouse. Yes. She shops, she, shops, she scores. And, and Jake's just like, yeah, but I was only going to spend $15. I said, you didn't spend too much. Don't you know anything? You say $15.50. You came out ahead by more than 15 bucks. Wait a minute. How did I save if I spent? Cassie put her hand on my arm. No, don't ask. Rachel <laughs> uses a whole twisted math involved in shopping. Don't even try and understand it. To which point, <laughs> Rachel ignores them. Just like, hey, well, you probably got to go check something in juniors. <laughs> And meets them in the food court. Yep. And then we get uh, Cassie's idea that Marco hinted at uh, in the last interaction, his clue being, think dog poop, just like, which is a very Marco way to give a clue, I guess. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I appreciate that he says that to Cassie, and she just pouts a little bit. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, look, it was the only animal I could think of that could get in and out of hospital without getting stepped on or poisoned. Uh, and her idea is flies um and jake is like "Uh, i really don't want to do another bug (laughs) and cassie's like do you have a better idea and he's like no and she says okay well how about this one no how about this one no (laughs) and she's like okay well then the only one i can think of is fly I appreciate that this is when we then get the reference to both versions of the movie The Fly. Um, the, the old one and the new one with Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and just reference the scene, which is from the original, I believe, which is the tiny little head stuck on a human fly body, and he shouts yeah. on the spider web and going, "Help me, help me!" And this <laughs> tiny little voice, and then the guy is so grossed out, he just crushes him, yeah. which is amusing because uh, I have oh, I've never seen the movie. I have seen the Simpsons, the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror, where that's referenced. So I see that, and then I just picture the spider getting close, going, "Help me." Help me. And then Bart's like, ha ha, Fulger just slaps the spider's face with most of his arms and then flies off. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what's great, the kids are just like, they're going around and uh, the salesman's just like, can I help you? Like, no, we're good. Uh, so they head out and uh, to find Rachel again. And it's decided that they're probably only going to have to be a more for a short amount of time, that they can escape a different way. So they'll probably only be in the few in the fly morph for a few minutes, and then they both quote the movie again. Yeah. Like these dorks, how cute is this? Mm-hmm. And then um, we get to the next scene. They talk about how one, it's really gross turning into a fly, and we'll talk. We can go into the description of that. But I love how being a fly is fun. Turning into a fly is a whole different story because we have this moment of, I guess it's no big secret that I kind of like Cassie. I think she's really pretty. But when I saw these two huge glittering bulging compound eyes come popping out of her eye sockets, I screamed. I mean, I screamed like a baby. (laughs) It's just like, great, Jake. That's going to make her feel real good. Margo said, Marco, you have your eyes closed. I pointed out. And they're staying closed too. And Rachel throws throws up. And then we get this description of Cassie being human, two feet tall, shrinking fast. The extra legs had already popped out of her chest and the gauzy wings were going from her back. But her face was still a human face until the eyes popped out. Yep. You think you've seen scary stuff, maybe in movies or on TV. You haven't seen anything scary until you've seen fly eyes pop out of someone's head like a pair of balloons. <laughs> Uh, she was pretty small by the time her fly mouth appeared. I was grateful for that because later when I became a fly, I saw what a fly mouth looks like. <laughs> they got, is it a proboscis? Is that what it's called? Yeah, proboscis. Yeah. <laughs> Too many S's and C's for me to ever be sure. And then we get this fun little detail, which I will not repeat on air because I think it's gross, about how yep. flies feed. Yep. Um, it's fascinating and gross. <laughs> And, and Axe, meanwhile, does the morphing process disturb you? Sometimes, I said, still fighting the urge to look away as Cassie shriveled down to a few inches. Some animals give me the willies. The willies? What are the willies? Well, it's just this feeling of being grossed out, sickened, nauseated, creeped, like your skin is crawling. Willies. <laughs> meanwhile, <laughs> Tobias, I'm not coming in there until she's done. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, tell Tobias it's okay, well, you ask, because obviously Axe can thought speak right now. Tobias, Prince Jake says it's <gasps> cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I smiled at Marco, who was now peeking through his fingers. Axe was learning to sound semi-normal, well, at least in thought speak. Um, just like, I appreciate there's this moment, even if we have then about using like him playing with sounds and it drives everyone crazy. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just, again, like those moments of Axe adjusting to being around the kids and yeah that's great and, and then tobias oh my god this just so please carry on i'm just reading ahead <laughs> in the book yeah uh just 
it's interesting to me, Axe still trying to acclimate to everybody when we learn in his book that everybody hasn't really been helping him acclimate. They, like, give him an almanac and say, okay, we'll see you at the next mission. Ugh. Which, like, this poor boy. Um, But yeah, so they find Cassie. They have a little bit of trouble trying to uh, find her, but Tobias does. I love uh, Tobias is like, yeah, I, I see her. Uh, keep sharp focus on her. Don't lose sight. Relax. It's broad daylight. She's ten feet away. At this distance, I can see the hairs on her little, little fly legs. Unfortunately, ooh. Oh, man. Oh, this is not even slightly attractive. <laughs> uh, and they they can't get in contact with her for a few minutes. Um, suddenly, in my head, I heard, yeehaw! <laughs> Cassie? Cassie, answer us. Cassie, are you okay? <laughs> She's just having the best time. Just yeah. like enjoying how fast a fly can fly. Yeah. Yeah. Are you able to control the fly brain? Yeah, yeah. Don't worry, you guys. I'm fine. Sorry. But it's just such a complete insane rush. Come on, let's go. Time's a-wasting. Uh, so they all more fly. Um, and it's still just really gross. Mm-hmm. Um and I love how okay it looks like we're doing this because obviously Cassie Morse first because she's the mm-hmm. best at it. Um uh, then I appreciate like okay guys it looks like we're doing this. I said trying desperately to sound cheerful and optimistic. Oh goody. Marcus said, "Yes, goody." Axe said, totally unaware the market was being sarcastic. It's just like yep. bless his heart. <laughs> uh once there flies, it is really fucking cool. Um he compares it to the Peregrine Falcon. Um, flying as a fly is completely, totally insane. Uh, a fly moves about four miles per hour, which doesn't sound very fast compared to a falcon hitting almost 200 miles per hour. But trust me, when you're only an eighth of an inch long, four miles an hour is like warp factor nine. And what's really <laughs> cool is you can do that going down, left, right, or straight up. You can change directions in no time. One minute you're shooting straight ahead like a bullet. Next tenth of a second you're going straight up. Uh, so they all have fun figure out how to fly. Uh, and Deal with having Jake, compound eyes. Yeah. Uh, Jake uh, says, okay, we're all, we're all here. We, we got used to it. Uh, get on the bus. Tobias is the bus. <laughs> That's not Danielle contextualizing. It literally just says Tobias yeah. was the bus. <laughs> uh, they all climb into Tobias's feathers because he can fly uh, over land way faster than they can. Um, and <laughs> Tobias, it's just a good thing I know you guys. My own little necklace of houseflies. <laughs> uh, Tobias is very clearly grossed out. It's um, enough to gag a maggot. Yep. Gag a maggot. Marco, I could gag a maggot. Hey, pal, don't be dissing our kids that way. Yuck. <laughs> Tobias commented. <laughs> uh, they cling to Tobias's feathers as he flies them to the hospital. Uh, Rachel compares the morph to the shrew um, with the same interest in dead meat. Um, we don't really get any context for this comment. Uh, we know that Rachel hated the, the shrew. And I think the difference here is that the shrew was not just interested in dead meat, but also fucking starving. Mm. Um, whereas the housefly is just like, I want to find the dead thing. Uh, we find out that Tobias has fleas. Because one crawls past Jake. It's the size of a poodle. 
<laughs> and Tobias is fucking uh, disgusted Bless. and and upset. Wait a minute, are you telling me I have fleas? Uh, and Jake lies to him. He says, oh, he, he's gone. He probably jumped off. Actually, I was lying. The flea was working his way along Tobias's skin beneath the feathers. But somehow I didn't think Tobias would want to hear that. <laughs> oh, but after that kindness, um, they get to the hospital and they make the re- reference to paratroopers. Uh, Tobias mm-hmm. is the one that makes it first and they're a good example. You ever notice how in these old movies the paratroops mostly get shot? <laughs> uh, and while that's going on, Cassie, like just to Jake, is just like, you can still drop out if you want to. Everyone would understand. And then Jake's just like, the yurks have to be stopped. Tom or no Tom. That's what I told myself anyway. I guess it was true. <laughs> Kid? Yep. Uh, oh my God, we missed the thing. Where oh is it late about the yeah, reference it's, about it's the movie? Just now, yeah. Just now, uh, yeah. Tobias sends him in to open window on the third floor. Um, it Marco's like, "Are you sure it's open?" And Tobias is like, "I if in light this bright, I could tell you if there was a single strand of spiderweb across the window, let alone a screen." He said, "Spiderweb." Rachel moaned, <laughs> "Help me!" Marco mimicked. <laughs> By absolutely terrible luck, the old version of the fly had been on TV the night before. Like fools, we'd all watched it. Fucking dumbasses. I love them. <laughs> My comment was, this is so fucking relatable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, if I was about to turn into fl- the fl- a fly the next day and the fly came on TV the night before, I would definitely be one of the idiots that watched it. Like <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I, I'd appreciate like, they're talking about paratroopers and referencing this movie, and Axe is just like, I don't understand what this means. <laughs> uh, they get into the building, um, and Tobias guides them in, because at first they don't know where they are, because they can't see anything until it's up close. Um, they get inside and split up, so it's Axe, Cassie, and Jake, uh, and Rachel and Marco. Uh, Rachel and Marco go one way. Uh, Axe, Cassie, and Jake go the other. They uh, have the idea to look for the scent of Yerk Pool because they've been in the Yerk Pool. And uh, so they, Cassie manages to catch the scent um, and they follow it. They get into a room. They're far enough away from Marco and Rachel that their thought speak is breaking up. Um, but they get into the room, Axe demorphs first, there's a single guard in the room, he knocks him out, um, and everybody else demorphs. And there is a jacuzzi tub in this uh, room uh, when they look around. Cassie says, oh, you know, they would have one for therapy for people with muscle, muscle strains or back problems. Uh, but when Jake goes to look in it, the water is sludgy, brown, and viscous, and roiling with slugs. Um, Axe says that it's a portable yerk pool, and there must be a small candrona nearby, uh, because that's the yerks have to soak up candrona when they're in the yerk pool. Um, but it's candrona is like a form of radiation. Um, and Jake asks if they can see uh, see them. Uh, 
Axe says, uh, no, Prince Jake, in their natural state, they're blind. Uh, Jake walks around the whirlpool and finds that it's been totally disconnected from the wall socket, um, and the wires are all cut. Um, and Jake asks, Axe, what do you think would happen to all those yurks in there if the temperature of the liquid suddenly went up to, say, 120 degrees and the liquid was all agitated? Axe looked puzzled. Bless his heart. I believe the heat and the agitation might destroy them. Well, that would be a pity. I made a quick decision. Axe, watch the door to the hallway. Cassie, we may need you in some more dangerous morph. What have you got? Wolf? Perfect, but no howling. What are you going to do? Cassie asked. We came here to stop this sick operation, right? Well, wiping out a hundred or so yurks might be a good way to start. I'm going to hook this thing back together and jacuzzi these filthy creeps to death. Uh, and he reconnects the wires to the jacuzzi as Axe and Cassie morph and stand guard. Uh, and all the settings are automatically at maximum because there are no switches. Maximum heat, maximum jets. Um, and the only hesitation that Jake has is a nagging feeling that it couldn't be this easy. He reconnects the last wire uh, and boils the yurks. He plugs it in. It took a few seconds, but then the boiling sound began, a familiar jacuzzi bubbling. Before we proceed, want me to, yep. I could pitch something really sad and upsetting to you. Uh-huh. It couldn't be this easy refers to the connecting... The jacuzzi, like, it couldn't be this easy just to kill mm. this many yurks. Mm. Yeah, it's, what if it's not that easy that the method is easy? Mm -hmm. I love the notion that it couldn't be this easy for he, Jake, to kill. Mm. Like yeah. that dual layer there. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. Like, this is uh, a horrible way for something to die. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. He just, and it's so casual. Um, and I make the remark that, you know, it's really fucking weird that Cassie doesn't say anything about this. And we actually had a bit of a discussion about this in the Discord, um, where I believe it was Kit pointed out. Um, let me see if I can find uh, her thing. Yeah. Um, she says, I think in this case, Yerks are still just slugs, still just bad guys who take people away. They're faceless, nameless looks. They are kids who grew up on 90s video games and 80s action movies, killing small, voiceless Yerks who aren't people to them yet. Think about it. And I think that she is absolutely right, um, because it's horrifying to me as a person who recognizes that each one of these Yerks is a person that Jake would just casually boil a hundred or so helpless Yerks alive. Um, which isn't to say he's not justified. Mm. Exactly, because it is a war and they are an occupying force, um, et cetera, et cetera. But like, the fact that it's so casual, it, it even seems like Axe didn't even think about, think of it. And Axe is the one who hates Yerks. And and they they just do it without without really a second thought. I mean, it, I've said it put it this way, but um when something because what we know, Yerks are blind and deaf 
and just like they can't object to anything. Mm-hmm. It's a very easy thing to, as opposed to like a person with a face talking to you or something that can cry out. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like like it was like Kit said, just slugs. Mm-hmm. It's real easy to distance yourself from just like flipping something onto boil. Yeah, because it's so far removed from something that you can necessarily empathize with. Mm-hmm. And they don't even want to. Yeah. So. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, so the jacuzzi uh, is a bubbling. And uh, two uh, men and women wearing lab coats come into the room. And they're staring and the woman recognizes an andalite on site. Um and the, they attack. Uh, Cassie's on the woman. X goes to attack the man who is smart enough to stay out of range. Mm-hmm. And two more u- men, uniformed people show up uh, with a gun, at which Jake shouts out a warning and Axe takes off the guy's hand. Yep. Casually. Casually. Um, um. They call for backup. Uh, and the second guard draws his gun and starts shooting. Um, but he doesn't hit anybody except that one of the bullets ricochets off of the wall and hits Jake in the side of his head. Um, and Jake loses consciousness, uh, swoons and falls face down into the whirlpool, into the bubbling, boiling mass of dying yerks. Uh, he, he doesn't, doesn't know how long he's in there. But it can't have been too long because he was underwater. Um, and mm. because if you're unconscious for too long, like, mm-hmm. brain damage. Um, when he woke, when he wakes, uh, he has two terrifying, overwhelming feelings. One uh, was suffocation because he breathed in a bunch of pool liquid. Um, Ugh. And so he's gagging and coughing and basically... Throwing up. Throwing up, trying not to drown. Uh, and the second is a intense pain in his ear, like someone is drilling into his brain. Um, he can't scream because he's still gasping for air. Um, the battle's uh, still going. The battle um, is still going. It's it's too, the hallway's too narrow for any for the more than one or two human controllers to attack Axe and Cassie's teeth are holding them off. Uh, there's another shot and someone says like the pool is in there Vista 3 will eat your guts um, <laughs> and Jake's just like he needs to help but he can't concentrate his brain is fizzy drifting and then we have a pounding outside uh, there's cries screams of rage and enter Marco and Rachel in gorilla and wolf form respectively mm-hmm. uh, Cassie points out that Jake is hurt and needs help because he's he's got a concussion essentially mm-hmm. um uh rachel changes into an elephant marco as the gorilla lifts jake um rockabye baby marco joke hang in there man we're getting you out of here um and they cover jake's, jake's face which is rachel's thing so obviously they don't want anyone seeing who jake is mm-hmm. which occurred to me later because i my brain was just like oh that's smart but then she's like mm-hmm. they don't know what's happening yet Mm-hmm. Yes, of course they're just going to cover his face to keep him safe. Yep. Um, 
And he realizes that as he gets picked up and carried out, he's still coughing and gasping, but the pain is diminishing. But instead of it making his head feel clearer, he feels more confused. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Rachel crunches away through the hospital. <laughs> now the door is plenty big. Um, but meanwhile, Jake is hearing voices, a voice in his head, um, a surprised voice. Uh, and he still doesn't understand what's happening. Um, but they all get out of the hospital. Cassie morphs into horse. They throw Jake over top. Um, uh, Marco, <laughs> Marco asks if Jake is alive. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna cover your retreat. Uh, Jake's saying that something is wrong with his head. He can't think. Um, and Marco's like, don't worry, we have it under control. Um, we'll take care of this. Unbelievable, said a voice in my head. Can it be humans? What was that voice? Where was it coming from? Uh, and it continues to talk as Jake is galloped away on Cassie's back. Um, Jake is feeling pain, but it's coming from far away. He's looking around, but realizes that he's not the one doing the looking. He tries to say Cassie's name, but can't say it. Uh, Don't struggle, Jake, a voice in my head said. It's pointless. Uh, What? Who was saying that? What was? Then a laugh only I could hear. Put that primitive human brain to work, Jake. Jake the Animorph, it sneered. Jake the servant of the Andalite filth. Then I knew. I knew what the voice was. A yerk. A yerk was in my own head. I was a controller. Uh, very good, you figured it out, said the silent voice in my head, mocking me. And Jake begins to cry out, but of course he can't do anything with his own body. Um, Jake and, or no, Cassie and Tobias check in on Jake, um, because he's alive and breathing, but he's totally zoned out. Um, as the Yerk is getting control and also just taking the time to fucking gloat. Um, and uh, then we get the insult added to the injury where uh, the Yerk named Temrash says that his previous host was Tom. Like he knows Tom's nickname for Jake. Yep. And uh, and he reveals, it was Tom, of course, your brother. I am the Yerk who controlled your brother. That cut through my growing hysteria. What? Ah, I thought that might interest you. Yes, Tom was my host. Then he's free? Ha! <laughs> the Yerk laughed in my head. You're even stupider than your brother. No, your brother's body has been given to a new Yerk, someone with a lower rank. I'm too important now to be wasted on Tom. I am to take on a new and important project, a very special host. Um, meanwhile, Cassie and Jake are continuing to try to, yes, Cassie and Tobias are continuing to try to get hold of Jake. Um, uh, Marco arrives and they're all c- talking about whether he needs a doctor or not. Um, and then Jake, who is not Jake, speaks up. Nothing is the matter with me. I said quite suddenly, I'm fine. Only I didn't say it. My mouth spoke the words, but I didn't say it. The yerk had spoken through my mouth. No way, Cassie said. We're taking you to a doctor. You didn't answer me for like five minutes. Maybe you have a concussion. Uh, and so Yerk is in panic mode, Tamrash. 
uh, yeah. to sort of like put the kids off. What if a doctor does a blood test, sees something that shows him on an animal? And like he's drip feeding that he's already rifling through Tom's memories. He knows yeah. Axe's full name. He knows that Rachel is Jake's cousin, everybody's names. Yeah. And uh, like Jake can, is aware like how much Temrush is able to use his inflections and yeah. things like that. And we get this sort of dawning horror as Temrush sort of flips through Jake's memories. Jake's desperate to try and do something and he can't. He's hoping that of all people, Cassie and Marco will be able to figure it out and they don't. Yeah. Surely they would realize I was no longer myself, uh, but they don't. Um, and uh, Jake is aghast. It was incredible. It was shocking to listen to. The Yerk was using my voice, my inflection. He was saying the words I would have said. Marco and Cassie would never guess. As far as they could see or hear, the yerk in my brain was me. I felt a wave of terror wash over me. He was telling the truth. He, I knew he was. No host had ever defeated a yerk. Resistance was futile. I would never be free just like Tom. If this yerk moved on, they would give me to another. I was a slave forever. Uh, but Rachel and Tobias are here. Uh, and Axe is here. And the yerk shows his cards because in that split second that he sees axe uh the yerk reacts with revulsion and uh axe sees it axe sees it right um it, in that one same word i heard the same fury and contempt i heard whenever axe said the word yerk um axe sees it and calls him out for a yerk puts his blade up to jake's throat everybody else is freaking out they're like, what the fuck? What are you doing, Axe? Um, but Axe explains to everybody that Jake has been taken. His head was in the Yerk pool long enough for a Yerk to enter his head. Um, you, <laughs> you all saw his expression when he was surprised to see me. I am not human. I do not know every human expression. So tell me, what was that look? Um, meanwhile, uh, Temrash is trying to... Uh, dismiss this concern saying he's crazy um marco's already switched on though like yeah. they all are like as axe is able to explain things so clearly and then marco's doubting cassie but they're just like i'm sure you're fine but cassie didn't you say jake seems zoned out and Axe is like yeah it takes a while for the host to take full control mm -hmm. <laughs> they did during that time the host will be passive he may even seem to be in a coma i swear i could have kissed the andalite right then I wanted to yell, yes, yes, and but the uh, Tamrash is like, you guys can't possibly believe this. Yeah. Uh, and we get the Yurk continuing to try to double down and say, like, look, it can't possibly be me. Uh, I can't possibly be a Yurk. And in doing that, he seals his own fate, really, because mm -hmm. Jake would understand and would say, okay, you're right to be paranoid. You're mm -hmm. gonna tie me up in the woods for three days. That's okay. I get it. We're gonna we're gonna make this work so that you can trust me again, right? Um, but the Yerk isn't doing that. He's like, I can't believe you're doing this. We have to be careful, but it's me. Um and uh hello, it's me, Jake. I'm not a controller. Meanwhile, everybody else mm -hmm. go ahead. Yeah, he's trying to point out like I'm actually trying to point out the flaws. Like, yeah, you can't keep me. My folks will go nuts, they'll call the police, all of that jazz. Yeah. Um and people notice of a display. Come on, Cassie, you you get it. Um, and Jake's like, please, Cassie, don't feel for me right now. 
And Cassie's the one that goes, Axe can do it. Axe can turn to Jake. <laughs> and uh-huh. Tim Rash is not happy about yeah. it. And then Jake's just like, what's the matter, Tim Rash? 114 of the Sopniar pool, I asked. Not feeling quite so cocky anymore. Yep. I love I love Jake's reaction to Cassie uh, being, mm. being strong here. Cassie, the amazing Cassie. She had hit on the one possible solution. I wished so badly I could tell her right then what an amazingly smart, incredibly cool person she was. Jake has no chill. Jake needs no chill. <laughs> Um, and then Axe reaches out to acquire Jake, um, because when he previously acquired Jake, uh, he quote unquote used up the DNA, I guess, in order to make the, in order to make the composite person. Mm-hmm. Um, but he acquires Prince Jake. Uh, the Yerk could not stand it anymore. The Andalite's touch made him so furious it was like a physical illness. Get your hand off me, Andalite filth. He screamed aloud in a distorted version of my voice. But Axe's tail was still an inch from my jugular, and the Yerk knew very well how deadly fast the tail was. All the others stared wide-eyed. <laughs> well, Rachel said, at least now we're sure. And Jake's and Tamarash is like, no, no, he was just making me mad. It's fine. Finish Russell Day. Give me a break. Yeah. And oh. Tobias is one like Andalite Phil. We're supposed to believe Jake would say that. Jake. Because, because he was he's stressed, stressed out. out. Yeah. Not in this universe. And pointing out that earlier here, Temrash uh, used the argument like, no offense, Tobias, but people care about me. Like, they'll care if I go missing. And um, it it speaks to me as, as, as the person who uh, has adopted Tobias as my son. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Tobias doesn't question people doesn't, being mean to him. Yeah, doesn't question that, but he questions Jake saying this, mm-hmm. and it hurts me, my poor boy. Uh, but Cassie, God bless her, uh, looks into Jake's eyes and says, "I know you're still in there. I know you're probably afraid, but we will get that thing out of your head, Jake. We will." Um. And it, one, I love her. Um, And two, we'll see, she is the only one out of the other five of them who never speak to the Yerk. She only ever speaks to Jake. And I think that is Mm. kind of a beautiful thing in in, uh, kind of reinforcing Jake's personhood in being there mm-hmm. and being present um and it it i love them a lot mm-hmm. um <clears throat> so they start marching jake to a shack in the woods that tobias knows is there uh rachel says that they can tie him up and they can take turns to make sure that he is guarded. Um, Axe is going to be pretending to be Jake, so he can't help, but the rest of them can rotate shifts. Um, Tobias can stay there the whole time, except when he has to go hunting. Um, so they walk Jake over there. Um, we have this moment where Cassie helps Jake up, um, and Jake's like, he's aware, because he could feel Cassie's touch, but had no power to squeeze back, and that Tem Rash does it. Mm-hmm. 
He deliberately held her hand for an extra few seconds. She cares for you, the Erg said. She is their weak link. Rachel will be strong. So will the Hawk and the Andalite. But Marco, he thinks too much. And he has an interesting history. He is open to persuasion. I felt sick. The Yerk was opening my mind at will, reading whatever he wanted. I had no secrets from him. None. He already knew everything I knew about my friends. If he got away. And that's... I don't think my brain quite locked onto how much that is Tamrash using the conclusions Jake has already made mm-hmm. about his friends. Mm-hmm. Um, or using the conclusions that Jake, using the information that Jake has and has to, logged, mm-hmm. but maybe coming to the wrong conclusions. Yeah, because I don't think Jake would ever refer to Cassie as their weak link. Right. And we know he doesn't because just earlier he was like, Cassie... She's- Hard is eyes. amazing and and yeah um and and strong um and he has described cassie as strong before when we get his introduction to cassie at mm. the beginning of this book he says you know she's not well she's not like other girls hashtag um she's but, not like a wimpy girl right she's strong um and 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 so the fact that the yerk thinks that somebody caring for you makes them mm-hmm. weak one tells us a lot about your culture um mm-hmm. and this york in particular uh and two just shows that temrash sees all of the care and emotion that cassie has and mm-hmm. comes to the conclusion oh that makes her weak yeah it's a fairly standard trope of aliens and monsters viewing compassion as weakness yeah um Cassie continues to talk to Jake as they walk um and uh they the yerk continues to just be really angry um and the and and Jake feels pleasure in that anger because like so far his his friends are his friends caught on. His friends know that he's yerked and they're going to do something to help. Um mm-hmm. and uh so he's taking pleasure in the Yerk's frustration. Um and there's this moment where um we have uh Temrash saying is Jake, you think I'm a controller just because I yelled at Axe like I've never lost my temper before. Come on, it was a bad day for all of us, but especially for me. Not so bad a day, Axe pipped up from behind. How many yurks were in that pool? How many survived those temperatures? Only you, by getting inside Prince Jake. How many of your pool fellows died today? Yeah. Um, and, like, Jake observes how powerful and how emotional Temrash is. Mm-hmm. And how it, um, the yurk can't hide it from him. Yeah. So we learn, as the yurk is in Jake, that... The Yerk can hear and read through all of Jake's thoughts and memories. Jake, it doesn't work two ways. Jake cannot read the Yerk except for what the Yerk broadcasts to him. But he can feel the Yerk's emotion. Um, and it's telling. Mm-hmm. We, I like that there's this moment of um, 
Tamarash being like, Axe, I'm never happy when any creature has to be destroyed, but I don't feel any pity for those yurks. Uh, they were out to enslave us, we did what we had to do. It was perfect, exactly what I would have said, because it was exactly what I felt. Um, and he spots Cassie looking puzzled, and Tamarash is like, see, already she has doubts. <laughs> She's bothered by the Andalite's bloodthirstiness, she liked what I said more. Mm-hmm. And, like, I appreciate the psychological warfare effectively the Tamrush is making against Jake. Yeah. We have later he talks about how all hosts give up eventually, which yeah. is then contradicted later by what we find out about one of Tamrush's earlier hosts. Mm-hmm. But I look that active work by Yek against their host to like chip away at yeah. things. Uh it speaks to Joel pointed out um and asked us to discuss the one-upmanship that is constantly mm. happening between Jake and the Yerk here, where, mm. you know, Jake will say, like, look, they see through your ruse, they're, they, you're going to die. And the Yerk is like, oh, but have you considered this? And, like, try something new. Um, and, it, you know, makes Jake doubt himself. And it's just this kind of ping-ponging of doubt and anger and frustration um, the whole time. Sorry. You're fine. Door keeps rattling. Mm-hmm. Trying to make it rattle less. Uh, but they... They uh, take Jake to the to the shack. Um, uh, Temrash is continuing to say, like, look, it'll never work. Uh, even if Rachel and Marco and Cassie all know Jake and try to teach Axe how to be like Jake, like, this this can't possibly work. Um, and when the Yerk turns around, uh, Axe is standing behind him as Jake. Um, because he morphed a while back and has been watching the way Jake walks and moves to copy him better. Um, the Yerk still thinks, you, uh, you may look like me, but it isn't going to be enough. I give it an hour before Tom figures it out. And all the rest of them look at each other. Um, and like Marco looked at Rachel and cocked an eyebrow. Rachel looked at Cassie, who sighed and nodded her head. See, that was a stupid way to play it, Yerk, Marco said. If you really were Jake, you might be frustrated that we wrongly suspected you, but you'd figure the smart thing would be to help Axe play the role. If you were you, so to speak, you'd have hope you'd have to hope Axe pulled it off. Rachel curled her lip contemptuously. You just blew final jeopardy. You're still trying to make us let you go. By now Jake would have realized he had to help us succeed. The Yerk said nothing. I think he knew he'd made an error, but I still sensed absolute confidence from him, like a poker player holding an extra ace. They tie up Jake in the shack. Um, they say, okay, we'll, we'll feed you. We'll make sure you have food and water. We'll loosen the ropes every couple of hours so the circulation isn't cut off. Um, Rachel's going to be there for the first sh- shift. Cassie and Marco are going back with Axe to get him prepared to play you. Um, and the Yerk is still cocky and reveling in a fantasy of promotions and power. <laughs> um and in in he's projecting his fantasies 
onto Jake so that Jake can see it. Visser 3 nodding his head um, as Temrash showed him his friends. They're all bound and gagged and lying helpless on the floor of Visser 3's blade ship. Uh, because he's showing, the Yurk is showing off for Jake's benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have these fantasies a lot? I said, as cruelly as I could. Uh, which is not the smartest thing, because the Yurk fucking retaliates in the worst way by showing Jake some of his fantasies. Uh, where he's a basketball star and Tom is really proud of him. Um, I appreciate that Jake was did retaliate though, because we've seen that he's competitive. Yeah, and like he's scared, and I I like that he lashes out in that moment. And yeah, yeah backfires absolutely, but it yeah, feels very realistic that he would. Yeah, he's got to try, um, mm-hmm. take the little power that he has. Um, but after the Yurk shows him this fantasy, he he feels very small and unimportant and weak. Um, and, but then can, he continues to snipe because the mm. Yurk uh, says, It shocks you that I can play your thoughts back for you. Your brain is no different to me than one of your primitive human computers. I open any file I like. I play any software. I use you. I own you. I dominate you. You are nothing anymore. Just an echo. Just a ghost haunting the machine of your own brain. That's yeah. a choice line. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, yeah, I managed to say, well, you're a screw-up who's tied up in a cabin in the woods. In three days, you're dead. And the guy, the, the Tamarash is like, I won't be here in three days. And Jake's just like, you'll be here far from your stinking yurk pool, no candrona rays, and you'll shrivel and die and crawl out of me. I had been calm, but then I lost control. You'll die. You'll die like the others died. You think you'll win. You'll lose. You'll lose. You can't control me. You can't control me. You can't control me. And then, like, Tim Rush is just like, well, that's what your brother said at first. Shall I show you? Shall I play one of Tom's memories for you? I can feel you cringe. I can feel your fear. Yes. Yes, I will. Here. Enjoy a preview of your future. And it was if a third mind had joined us. It was real. So completely real. Not like a vision or a movie or something. I felt this. I felt it exactly as if I were there. My brother's mind, his thoughts, his memories, as clear as if I was seeing them myself. Tom. Some piece of Tom that that yerk still carried with him. And it's a memory from a few days earlier when he and Tom were sitting at breakfast. The same breakfast where Jake was wondering about whether he could ever destroy his brother. Uh, and he's seeing the Yurk respond um, and also feeling Tom's emotions. The real Tom, the real, t- the true Tom who was crushed beneath the Yurk's control. He was crying, sobbing, helplessly, silently. Not Jake, he cried. Leave Jake alone. Leave my brother alone. Look, I'll never trouble you again. I swear it. Just leave Jake alone. The Yerk waited while the full impact of direct contact with Tom's mind sank into my own. Tom was defeated, desperate. He spent his time wishing he could die. He had given up any hope of escape. Given up. That's how it always is, the Yerk said. At first the host fights, or at least tries. But hour after hour and day after day, they see that they cannot rule their own bodies. The host sees that no one even knows what has happened to them. No one knows he is lost in his own head. 
And, over time, hope dies. The host becomes a faint, shattered creature, like your brother. The host, the yerk was telling the truth. That was what made it so terrible. It was true. I could feel Tom's complete, utter despair. I could feel that he had accepted defeat. I knew that all he wished for now was an end, and I knew also that I was no stronger than Tom. But still, one hope lingered in me. Three days, I told the yerk. In three days, you will die. Wait and see, human. Just wait and see. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Uh-huh. It's great. Uh, I think, regardless, yes, we know Tom has gotten to that point. But how much of this is just Tim Rash's like campaign to fuck with Jake in this moment? Like, yes, Tom is having a really shitty time of it. Yeah. Um, maybe a lot of hosts do, for sure. Mm -hmm. But, and this is something Jake starts talking about later about, and I think Tim Rash observes as well, the way humans keep fighting. Yeah. And like, as if he does, if Tamrush doesn't see the contradiction, saying they always give up versus you humans will fight even when you know you can't win. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> so we get to them and we find out why Tamrush was so confident uh, because he's sussed out the morphing. Yep. Uh, Jake does kind of sleep. Um, in his body doesn't sleep, but his mind does. He has the dream. Uh, the Yerk watches it, <clears throat> comments on it. There's a great line, I woke up, my eyes were already open. Interesting dream, the Yerk said, very metaphorical. <laughs> God, all Yerks are such sarcastic little bitches. <laughs> they are. It's great. Um, and Rachel has fallen asleep, and the Yerk begins to morph. He morphs Tiger. He's able to cut out himself out of the ropes. Um, uh, the Yerk makes the uh, choice not to kill Rachel, even though he could as the Tiger, um, because he wants to deliver Visser 3 for morph-capable humans. Um, and he runs out into the forest, uh, but he doesn't know which way to go. Um, and then he smells humans, so he turns away because Jake's memories say that they might be hunters, they might be park rangers, um, you don't want to encounter humans right now. So he turns away from the humans, um, continues running, uh, but tigers are not distance runners, so he slows down. The Ark still doesn't know where to go, there's another human scent, he turns away again. Um, <laughs> Jake. Uh, says, I guess you're lost. Um, <laughs> shut up. And, and the Yerk is like, shut up. Once the sun rises, I will know the way to go. Two hours and morph, I reminded him. If I'm stuck in Tiger Morph, then this body will be useless to you. Visser 3 will want my body morph capable. I mean, I feel like Visser 3 would also be okay with a Tiger Morph, considering he's yeah, a cat person. I was like, don't tell me what Visser 3 wants. Just like, <laughs> I heard <laughs> Visser 3 has a six pack. <laughs> Visser 3 is shredded. 
his hair is but, full of secrets. His hair is full of secrets. But Tamrash is, is panicking a little bit and he knows he has to morph back and Jake is aware that his body is now human shape again and Tamrash is just like, yeah, we gotta go, we gotta go. Uh, and Jake's just like, in a hurry, are we? And uh, Tamrash has the uh, bright idea of uh, trying a falcon morph and then uh, mid-morphing gets slammed um by, by yeah over and over again yeah this owl is like attacking yeah um and as the body demorphs returns to human form um jake's just like ah oh, great horned owl uh i can read your every thought you don't need to tell me what it is um oh but i enjoy telling you um and just like totally rubbing it in about how good owl vision is <laughs> i um, love that all of his his knowledge about great horned owls is just tobias fucking complaining <laughs> mm-hmm. tobias uh, watches them hunt sometimes tobias says they can hear a mouse burp from 100 yards away tobias mm-hmm. says they can see a bug blink on a cold black night <laughs> mm-hmm. um but yeah and then he hears cassie's thoughts speak um apologizing for hurting Jake and how it was necessary that they, they knew the Yuck was going to try morphing so they were ready. Rachel was only pretending to be asleep. We wanted the Yuck to make his escape and we're most ready. You hang in, Jake. The forest is full of your friends. Which is just... Oh, makes my heart hurt. It's good. Yeah. It's quite good. Yeah. Um, um, but the Yuck, and, the Yuck is mm. afraid. Um... But he continues to try. So he morphs mm-hmm. wolf. Uh, and like, Tamrash uses the knowledge. It's like, she can't stay an owl forever. She's got a two hour limit. Yeah. And Jake's just like, yeah. And there are others. You don't know how many there are, where they are. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like, yeah, can an owl watch a flea or an ant? And just like, true. But how far can a flea travel? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it just like, Tamrash just like, shut up. And that Jake's just like, yes, good. Let the anger fuel you. (laughs) (laughs) I reveled in his anger. It meant he was scared. It also meant something else. I could not control my arms or legs. I could not even keep my mind closed from him. But he could not stop my thoughts. He could not stop me from talking to him. And I had the power to annoy him, to distract him when he should be focused on escaping. Um, And this is kind of something that we're told over and over about controllers um, Mm -hmm. is that they have complete total control. They can access your memories. They can make everybody else think that they're you. But uh, the host isn't entirely powerless um, in the sense of the host can continue to talk to the Yerk. The host can continue to fight the Yerk. And sometimes if the Yerk isn't super arrogant it doesn't do anything the host continues to scream and rail and shout and cry and eventually loses hope because nothing they do works but sometimes i think for some yurks the host is able to get under their skin enough to distract them or like chapman overcome Mm. them by sheer force of will for a moment long enough to make the yurk's life hard to make it hard for them to explain it away. Um, and it's very, very small power, but it's not it's nothing. something. Yeah. 
Tamash is still trying. Um, and like Jake makes the observation that he isn't sure, or he wonders who Tamash is trying to convince in this mm-hmm. moment, and makes the observation about how arrogant Yerks are. Mm-hmm. And Tamash is like, why wouldn't we be? Uh, overlords of the Taxons, conquerors of the Hawk Bajir and the Stram and the Max, soon to be conquerors of the humans. And Jake's like, don't count the humans just yet, and there are still the Andalites. And he's just like, we'll save the Andalites for last. Um, and then, haha, we get a nice callback. Because uh, mm-hmm. we hear howling as uh, currently padding along in wolf form, just like, oh yeah, that other wolf pack's in this forest. Yep. Specifically, the other Animorphs have morphed wolf and begun howling in order to alert the other wolf pack. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Yeah. And I, I, I think Jake, Jake's just like, I believe that's all my friend, my old friend. And he's just like ragging on Tamra. She's like, go on, kick his butt. I mean, that's a real wolf. He's probably been in a lot of fights. Go on. Tell him how the Yerks are masters of the galaxy. I'm sure he'll be really impressed. Yeah. Again, and this get, one-upmanship. <laughs> and we get this moment of hesitation. And this is not the first time we've had this observation because we had it a little bit from Vista 3 in another book and we've had it from Axe in the positive sense. So many species on this planet, so many balances and connections, everything preying on everything else. Every power is checked by some other power. Every advantage is cancelled by some disadvantage. Yeah, uh, it's a tough neighbourhood. <laughs> yeah. When we take this planet, we'll eliminate these species. We will simplify. Things should be simpler. Yes, much simpler. I have a newsflash for you, Yerk. I don't think you're going to take this planet. I think this planet is going to take you. Yeah. And then Marco in shit-talking mode, a.k.a. human. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you're, done, you're about done playing games? Ready to come back to the shack? <laughs> Look, Mr. Yerk, it's cold and I'm freezing. I always knew this situation with the morphing outfits was going to be trouble someday. So come on, let's go back to the shack. We can keep playing this game. Or we can be relatively warm. <laughs> and I love that we have this observation that um, for a moment the yoke was so ingra- enraged he was ready to leap at Mark on territory. But then lumbering up behind Marco came Rachel, the very large version of Rachel with the trunk, the big leathery ears and the two huge tasks. <laughs> um, Marco seemed to guess what had gone through the X mind. Go ahead, try something. A wolf pack ahead, a very large, surprisingly fast African elephant behind you, and some more surprises in the woods all around you. Oh, and one more thing. Cassie is nestled down in your fur, sucking your blood, I imagine. She did the flea thing. Mm-hmm. I realize then that there are very basic differences between Yerks and humans. A human will fight even when he knows he can't win. Maybe our species is just a little crazy. But human history is full of cases where a handful of guys would fight an entire army. They'd get stomped, but they'd fight anyway. Uh, But Jake continues his comparison between humans and Yerks. Humans will fight even when he knows he can't win. That's not the way it is for Yerks. They are ruthless. They will do anything, absolutely anything, to win. But when the situation is impossible, totally impossible, they stop fighting. They figure that other Yerks will carry on the fight for them. Different ways of looking at your world. You are fools, the Yerk said, having read my thoughts. It is madness to fight when you cannot win. Yes, it is foolish. It is crazy, I agreed. And that's why we will win. The Yerk demorphed and returned to human form. My human form. 
Marco walked away into the woods. Rachel rumbled off, and a few minutes later, an owl appeared to lead the way back to the shack. Um, and actually, it's interesting that this characterization of the Yerks, because I don't think Jake is right. Mm. Um, because the Yerk doesn't stop fighting. He stops fighting right now and bides his time for another opportunity. Yeah. Um, and I think eventually he does give up. But we also know that humans will eventually give up. Yeah. So I I think Jake is drawing a line here, maybe because he feels like he has to. Mm -hmm. uh, different ways of looking at the world. Um, but I don't think they're as different as he tries to make it here. No, I agree. Uh, but they head back to the shack. Um, yeah. Tamrash tries again, tries ant form, gets three feet before running into a group of other ants that proceed to tear him apart um, when he has to demorph. Mm -hmm. It just makes the observation about Earth being a savage planet. Um, we will tame this world when we take it over. But I don't think even he believed it anymore. Yeah. Uh, we get a mark of the time passing. Um, it's the last day. Um, his slug body is crying out for Candrona rays the way a human would cry for food or water. And this is um, where I get the bit in Dumb Kids about the Yerks are constantly on the edge of starvation. Mm -hmm. Because we know at the three-day mark, they die. Mm. So if they're returning to the Yerk pool every three days, then they are cutting it really close mm -hmm. every time. And maybe there are some Yerks that don't, right? Maybe like Visser 3 has his own personal little Yerk pool and just spends an hour every morning bathing. Um, Can I just give you the visual of Visser 3's headquarters or whatever, just having an inflatable paddling pool? <laughs> <laughs> just to go splish in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but for the majority of Yerks, it looks like they they're driven to the brink of starvation every three days. And then they get food. And then they go back to being what they are. Yeah. Um which uh is kind of upsetting um that the Empire is doing that to its own people. Mm -hmm. um, but the Yerk is still arrogant, but he still has fantasies of being rescued. Um, yeah, even if, but he can't make those fantasies end very well. Even if he was rescued, he would no longer be the big hero who had destroyed the Animorphs. Um, he keeps trying to think of clever ways to outwit the friends, but he's never really sure who's in the woods. At one point, he tries to morph Falcon again. Because, of course, uh, the Falcon DNA is not affected by the injuries that Cassie had caused it. Uh, but it was daylight this time, and Tobias landed while the Falcon was still half-morphed. He grabbed the Falcon head in his talon and simply explained that if the Yerk did not demorph, he would be killed. For the first time, the Yerk broke his silence with the others and spoke as a Yerk. If you kill me, you'll kill your friends as well, he warned. Yes, Tobias said. I know. You won't do it. Right from the start, we've all said the same thing. 
Better to die than be a controller, Tobias said. But in any case, I don't need to kill you. I can simply put your eyes out. A blind falcon doesn't fly very far. The Yerk surrendered and demorphed. And this tiny little scene breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. uh, my note here is the cold, sad finality in the way that Tobias just says, yes, I know, kills me. Uh, Tobias the Predator, Tobias who is the only one who's been hurt so far uh, and as a direct consequence of the war. Uh, it makes me wonder if anyone else would have been able to do this, to be this sure. They do it. Like, I know that Marco could probably do it. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure Axe could do it. Maybe Rachel. I think Cassie would have a hard time. But I don't know about the cold firmness. Mm -hmm. Like, Marco would be like, like, you know, I know, man, but we've already, we've always said this or, you know, something, something, there would be more personality to it than just this very cold acknowledgement, I feel like. Brings me back to uh, autistic Tobias headcanon. Mm, just yeah. like when you've made a choice and you know it's the thing that you're going to have to do, you just, yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. I don't like it, but that's what use is liking it to me right now. I just, I know what I have to do. Mm -hmm. This is it. Yep. Uh, the Yerk surrenders, and I think this is the last, this is the Yerk finally, truly surrendering. We waited as the minutes and hours of the night ticked away. He still hoped for a miracle to save him, but the, his hunger was a terrible thing, growing with every second. Um, he says that the humans won't win, the Andalites won't return in time, your people don't know what's going on. And Jake says, maybe, but you're not going to be here. You're going to die. You're a cruel little human, aren't you? I don't think so, no. You know I am dying and you laugh at me. What did you expect? Pity? He laughed. No, we don't offer pity and we don't expect pity. We are the masters of the galaxies, conquerors of the hork and yeah, 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 I yeah, know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the mighty Yurk Empire. Um, uh, the Yurk stops talking, but he can't sleep. He's too hungry to rest. It twisted his thoughts. Um, he starts talking. He starts kind of monologuing, and Jake lets him talk about the Yurk homeworld, how it's simpler and more elegant, no more than a hundred animal species compared to Earth's millions. Um. Uh, we and he talks. Oh, please. Go ahead. I was just going to give you a break from talking. Oh. oh. <laughs> we Yerks evolved as parasites, not predators. Unlike you humans, we did did not kill to eat. We were peaceful. We took many different species as our hosts, and as they evolved, so did we. Over time, the Geds evolved. They were a sort of like a monkey, I suppose. We were in the Geds till the Andalites first came. Some of our people still have nothing better than Geds for hosts. Uh, and Jake asks about what, what Andalites, what? What happened when they came to your world? Of course, the Andalite has not told you their story, has he? What a pity. It's such a fine story. Ask your pet Andalite Axe sometime. Ask him about the story of the Andalites and the Yerks. Uh, Jake hopes the Yerk will keep talking, but he falls silent. And this is our first kind of peak at maybe the Yurk Empire didn't evolve naturally out of just 
mm-hmm. the Yurk world. Like maybe there's something more to the Andalites and Yurks fighting across the galaxy. Yeah. Um, it's just just a little little tiny taste, little little taste. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's I like this uh, also brief look into the Yurk the Yurkish ecosystem. Mm. Um, and there's been a lot of um, kind of interesting writing that is not necessarily based on canon, but does have uh, this little bit in it where, you know, the Yurks maybe co-evolved with the Geds. Um, and makes me wonder what would have happened if they and the Geds had continued to co-evolve. Um, Mm-hmm. Similar to how, you know, on Earth, if you think about like um a mitochondria in cells have different DNA because they started out as entirely different organisms that cells just kind of co-opted. And they're like, okay, we'll we'll give you food if you just live inside of us. And the mitochondria were like, Yeah, sure, fine. <laughs> <laughs> and now now, you know, we have so many of them in our bodies just chilling in our cells because they became codependent um and it makes me wonder about the geds and the yurks um but anyway the yurk uh the the moon goes down dawn is starting to come and the yurk begins to die the fugue is beginning This is very obviously not knowing anything. This is like my first time experiencing this. Um, that um, Jake's just like watching this pain and not feeling it. Um, the sun comes up. Cassie comes into the shack. She says that it's happened. Asks if it's happening, and Jake isn't able to answer her. But she comes down and sits, sat down beside me, beside us. Max says this part is pretty rough. Just remember when it's over, I'll be here. She slipped her hand into my hand. I could feel it. So could the yerk. But he did not reject this small bit of comfort, even though it was intended for me and not him. And we have this talking about how Tamresh's mind is deteriorating and his thoughts becoming more visible, um, like a movie that kept drifting in and out of focus. I like to think of it as like... um, a membrane dissolving, so it's just sort of like all spilling mm. out. Yeah. And yeah. Jake sees like memories and experiences of Tamrash of being in the Yurt pool, soaking up Kandrona. Um, he gets images of the first host, a Ged, and learns what a, a Ged looks like, or becomes aware that he's seen them before on the mothership, um, and how they're like these short humanoids with webbed feet and clumsy hands. And he experiences the Yurk homeworld through Ged eyes um, and how the me- and it starts bringing the memories of that Ged host of the fear it felt and the Yurk's arrogance um, and as sort of Jake pulls away you realise he's shaking um, and Cassie's there with him just like just an hour to go and she's like the Yurk in your head is dying and Jake's like he knows <laughs> And Jake is like witnessing this Yerk die. Mm-hmm. 
like front row seats, as it were. Yeah, in the slowest, uh, most painful way possible for a yerk to die. Yeah. Um. God, really looking forward to getting back to Constance. You know. <laughs> Jesus. Max um, went through this too. Mm-hmm. See, now I, Jade, have knowledge that my character has no knowledge of, so why would they ask? <laughs> Damn it, Danielle. You cursed me to this purgatory. <laughs> um, but yeah, and Jake is just experienced. We have this line, I know you highlighted it. A lot has happened to me since I first saw the Andalite Prince land in that construction site. More strange things that happened to most people in their entire lives, but the strangest was this, and the saddest. To which he said, I don't know about that, bro, but this is definitely a trip and a half. Yeah. Um, well, I love that we get like visions of Tenrash's life of good times and bad times. Mm -hmm. um, and Jake observes that there are no memories of love and how Yerks, he, guess that, he guesses that Yerks don't do that. Mm -hmm. And he gets to see the minds of the hosts, the Ged, um, the Hawk-Bajir warrior who had fought the Yerk in his head every day of his life. Just like, yeah, fuck off with your host, always give up. Liar. Mm -hmm. um, and talks about how the Hawk-Bajir had been forced to attack his own kind, to destroy his own friends. Um, but it was more than just memories. It was more. The Yerk had carried with him some small part of that Hawk-Bajir warrior's being. Like a computer transferring a document onto a floppy disk, I realised. Ah. Dated computer references. Uh, I mean, we still get it, but there's going to be a time where somebody's going to rethink, oh, what is a floppy disk? Just like, oh, it's the safe icon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, part of the Ged and part of the Hawk was you had been transferred permanently to the Yerk. And to my shock, I knew that those parts were now being transferred to me. And then the memories I feared most, Tom. And we find out that Tom joined the sharing because a girl he liked was a member yeah, and that he accidentally stumbled into a meeting and then he followed her and saw Visser 3 in his Andalite body and he sees Tom fighting and feels the fear and his rage and Jake takes this part of his brother into himself and then the Yerk is no longer in pain and Jake is able to open his eyes. Yep. And for the first time in more than an hour, the Yerk spoke, so you win, human. And it shudders. And here's an interesting thing, because this is big law time and I have no <laughs> fucking frame of reference of what it is. <laughs> the Yerk shuddered. I could feel it. A physical spasm. My vision changed. I felt... It's hard to describe. I felt as if I was seeing through things, into things, like I could see the front and back and top and bottom and inside of everything all at once. And then I saw it, a creature or a machine, some combination of both. It had no arms. It sat still as if unable to move on a throne that was miles high. Its head was a single eye. The eye turned slowly, left, right. I trembled and prayed it would not look my way. And then it saw me. The eye, the blood-red eye, looked straight at me. It saw me. It saw me. And Jake turns away in fear, uh, like screaming in silent terror. And when he opens his eyes again, all he sees is a glow. 
that fades little by little. And Tamrash is dead. Yep. And Jake is in control of his own body again. Uh, so, the thing that Jake sees, we learn later, is called Krayak. Um, we won't learn its name for a while. Uh, there's some interesting art. Let me, let me paste some of this art in the chat for you. Uh, obviously, Sauron parallels. Um, mm -hmm. uh, K.A. has said that, you know, it, it's obvious, right? Big, giant red mm -hmm. eye that sees you. Um, That's dope as hell. Yeah. The cool art I'm in. The premise is terrifying. Yeah. Um, but it's it's interesting how we get this sense of um, th this seeing through things and into things and seeing a different kind of space. Mm. Um, it definitely puts you in mind of like an alternative dimension. Uh, mm. Like I could see the front and back and top and bottom and inside of everything all at once. Um, in the same way that we as three-dimensional beings can see an entire two-dimensional shape all at once. Um, mm. And it's... Uh, Jen asked if uh, Jake getting infested with Tom's old Yurk was just coincidence for interest, interesting storytelling, or do you think the Elemis Krayak had a hand in it? You'll learn about the Elemis next book. Um, mm-hmm. But they, the Elemist and Krayak are enemies. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Um, but it's said later that this is the point when Krayak becomes aware of Jake. So I don't think Krayak had a hand in it. And I don't know if Elemist would have had a hand in it either. Uh, but maybe he did. Uh, he has his grubby little paws and everything. Jesus. Um, but I think I think it's mostly for dramatic storytelling because we have yeah. to kind of get we have to get that perspective of yes. what it's like to have a yerk in your head and to mm -hmm. kind of fend off any sort of like victim blaming of like, oh well, why don't they just fight the yerk? And it's like, well, because you fucking can't. This is um, why. <laughs> um and I think it's also very important that Jake can experience that from Tom's point of view mm -hmm. because we have that moment of him realizing that even Tom couldn't fight this Yerk and he's not stronger than Tom. And so we, we, it drives home that idea of um, being unable to fight it. Um, in a way that I think if it were just some random year, we wouldn't necessarily like it no. would be there, but it wouldn't be driven home quite so hard. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I am so glad that the uh, the infested Constance is dead. <laughs> I will protect Benny LaFontaine from you, Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> you can try. Yeah. <laughs> I say that like I'm not deeply encouraging of all of your GM evils. Yeah. Listen, Points you, you at gotta, Enabler in Chief at. You gotta have the hurt to have the comfort. That's how it works. 
Nobody made Richard have eight <laughs> different family members exactly. for his character. He knew he what he was choice. doing. <laughs> I do wonder if Billy getting yerked was because I then put a tie to Kel, whether he was already yerked or whether that was me having to make a role happen again, just like, oh, well. No, he was he was already yerked. Oh, okay, so cool. So you, you can rest easy in, in, in your... I don't need to feel guilt about that. Excellent. (laughs) Okay. Anyway. uh, Last chapter. Our final chapter. Yeah. Uh, It's another dinner scene. It's another dinner scene. Uh, I love this reveal. Like, they're just like, Jake, are you okay? You're not eating. She's like, yeah, I'm distracted. It's just like, she's like, yeah, so change for the last two nights you've been eating like you were trying to eat everything. Oh, yeah? (laughs) And Tom's just like, you got to pretend it didn't happen. You sat here and ate six pieces of chicken and then a whole pie. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, oh, Axe, you're so valid. (laughs) Yep. Uh, And, you know, Tom goes on about how weird he was acting. um, Mm -hmm. And Jake wonders if Tom's new yerk was suspicious. um, Because, of course, Tom has a new yerk. Jake doesn't sleep much uh, because he doesn't want to dream. He... Uh, he's afraid of dreaming of the eye. He's terrified of the eye. Um, but the only dream that comes is the tiger. Um, the Yerks scrap their plan of the hospital. <laughs> they know that mm-hmm. the Animorphs know about it. So they're like, okay, well, time to, ty- try- time to try something else. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then but- the next day. Yeah. Jake, uh, he, he, I did something stupid. At least Marco kept telling me it was stupid, but he didn't object very much. He understood. And Jake uses Cassie's dad's cell phone to call Tom mm-hmm. at home, uh, partially morphing so his voice will sound different with a different mouth and tongue and throat mm-hmm. and just gives this message. Um, it says, don't give up, Tom. Don't ever give up. And then hangs up. Mm-hmm. And Rachel's just like, do you think Tom, the real Tom, heard it? And Jake just like, yeah, he heard. I wondered if he would have the strength to hold on. But I knew the answer. See, a part of my brother was in my own mind now. Along with echoes of a long dead hawk bajir and a simple ged. And yes, even a bit of a yerk with dreams of glory. Marco smiled his sardonic smile. And is it true? Will we win? This is a very complicated planet, Marco. That's what I hear anyway. And it's a very strange universe. Anything could happen. Hmm. And that's the line we close on. Yeah. And my last note here is about jake wondering if tom would have the strength to hold on and him saying that he knows the answer to that question because on first read you're like yeah he knows his brother he knows his brother will hold on except Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh uh we know from earlier how he felt tom's complete and utter despair and that how tom had accepted defeat and that tom just wished for an end and how he knows that he's no stronger than Tom. Uh, and it makes me think that he doesn't think his brother will be able to hold on. Like, he's trying to give his brother a ray of hope like he had a ray of hope in his friends. 
but mm-hmm. also I think he knows that it these are totally work. it won't work. These are totally different situations. Jake knew mm-hmm. that his friends knew and had the power to help him. Whereas all he can give Tom is don't give up. From a stranger. From from a stranger, for someone he doesn't know. Uh and uh I find it interesting that we have a uh, I'm not stronger than Tom. She's like, mm, baby boy, I hate to break it to you, but you are and you're going to be and it's going to fucking suck. Yep. <laughs> I also kind of love that there's that people idolize, that idolization of his older brother. But like mm-hmm. Tom's not going to be older than 18. Like yeah. that's still a, <laughs> yeah, from the wise old age of 34, 18 is also baby. Yeah, Tom's like 16. Oh, yeah, he's 16, isn't he? God, he's even more baby. Yeah. <laughs> even <Yeah>. babier. <laughs> even babier. God, being 16 years old, that is a shitty time to be a t- person. Mm-hmm. Your brain is the worst. <laughs> yep. Oi. And yet we saw Tom fucking fist fight Viserf 3 in the yeah. first book. And we don't know how, and he'd already been years a little while then. I feel like, I don't know if everyone's there, but like, I think it's very easy, especially as a younger person, to look at depression mm-hmm. and be like, well, that's it, you're done. Mm-hmm. But like, we've just seen like Marco's dad make the decision to move past, try, and try to move past that. Yeah. And maybe naively, I might have faith in Tom. Uh, to try or to at least hold on to something. Yeah. And, you know, we, maybe we, I don't know if we'll find out. I'm sure you're trying to con- stop yourself from making a noise that might give me any kind of confirmation one way or the other. So I'll stop pressing the point. <laughs> <laughs> my gift to you, my friend. <laughs> um, but yes. But I, I like this moment of Jake being disillusioned with Tom. Yeah. And it's pity. Yeah. He's not angry at Tom about it. He's just like, oh, well, my brother's not as strong as he thought he was, and I'm not strong. Yeah. Because my brother is my metric for what strong is. Yeah. But, like, he's saying he's not stronger than Tom and that he's going to push through. Mm -hmm. Maybe that tracks in reverse, that Tom will also try to push through. Yeah. Yeah. That was book six. That was book six. Yay. So, what was your favorite part? Oh, man. Hmm. I really dig Tamrash's attempt to escape through the woods. Mm-hmm. His argument with Jake and the way the other animals are there, just like, bitch, please. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. showing one, the kind of person Jake is, two, the arrogance of Yerks, and three, just how good the animals already are at what they do mm-hmm. and how smart and resilient they are. Like, it mm-hmm. was good to read, fun to read, but like, narratively incredibly satisfying. Like, there yeah. are lots of good, strong moments in this, but I think, like, as a favorite, like, yeah that that scene yeah i think mine is the same for very Mm -hmm. similar reasons like i really 
when I think when I first read this book and even now rereading it, um, having a lot of the details have fade from my memory, even though I knew the end, mm. uh, which anyone who read this book, knowing that there's 54 books knows the end. Um, <laughs> but just being able to be afraid like Jake is that, mm. oh, they're not going to notice. And mm. then feeling that triumph when they do and then they're mm. very competent and they continue to lay out tests for the yerk and catch him and then you know are able to lure him into trying to escape right when they want him to try so that they're at their most powerful and they can spend the time chasing him down um just that that competence is really really good um mm -hmm. and uh, oh, i love it's it good I shit love it a lot it's good shit um did anything surprise you the big fucking eye in another <laughs> dimension i have been peripherally aware of animorphs for a very long time. I had no idea about this Sauron Dalek motherfucker possibly in another universe. Nobody <laughs> talks about this. Yeah. Why does nobody talk about this? <laughs> yeah. Like, I was completely blindsided. <laughs> I knew there's plenty of stuff. I don't understand, like Z space, and oh, like there's details about the adlites and yurks. I don't understand. Nobody ever made mention of a fucking weird, scary eyeball throne. <laughs> this is new. <laughs> it's very cool and interesting. I have no problem with it. But, like, what the actual fuck? <laughs> Yeah, so that kind of caught me a little by surprise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you said, it's it's top tier lore. Uh, oh yeah, only lore. only the initiated get that stuff. <laughs> Don't talk about this where the normies can hear you. <laughs> we'll tell. We'll make vague comments about ants and stuff, and how ants are the worst, <laughs> scariest thing that happens in the books. I mentioned of the fucking eyeball throat. And, <laughs> and Arari, there's another weird motherfucker out there who I haven't met yet. Who's equally as bad? He's his nemesis. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm glad you're so amused. <laughs> I'm extremely amused. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to finding out more about that. The deep mm -hmm. war. Because mm -hmm. right now I'm just here like, didn't expect that. <laughs> yep, it's good. Didn't expect that. Yeah. <laughs> that also is the part that doesn't necessarily, I don't fully understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, but I like, given that we had all the ragging on hive minds as well mm -hmm. in this book, to then have the notion that the Yerks are tied to something. Mm is very cool and interesting, and I cannot wait to fucking know what the hell is going. <laughs> so, yes, yeah. it's cool and exciting, and yes. I don't often get to... I've, I've consumed enough stories to be pretty good at seeing stuff coming, mm -hmm. or like to not be totally thrown off by stuff. That was 
nah. Just like <laughs> have a weird reverse mind meld as somebody dissolves and you get a flash of their link to the Borg Queen or whatever. <laughs> that was, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Yep. Good. Fucking eyeball thrown. <laughs> I'm going to actually just put this in spoiler tags in the Animorphs chat so everyone can enjoy my incredulous yelling. Very good. Uh-huh. Did anything surprise you on the reread? Did anything catch you by surprise? Or uh, did anything like strike you harder than you remember it being? I think the, the casualness of him boiling the Yerks, because like... I could have sworn I remembered it being an event uh, Mm -hmm. where he's, like, arguing with the others. But, like, no. No. It's super cash. (laughs) Um, So that that kind of surprised me. uh, Just the the cold-heartedness of it. Um, And I think this, this bit at the end about Tom and... I don't think I've ever had that read before where it's like, oh, maybe he doesn't think Tom can hold on. Mm. Um, so, yeah. That's book six. Book six. All right. Uh, next time we'll be looking at books number seven, The Stranger, uh, with special guest Will. Uh, so that's exciting. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Was, I love going back to our OG format, but just like having had like Izzy and Jen on, just thought, oh, it's just the two of us again. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And then we've got another guest. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Kit just eh, 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 in the Animorphs book club <laughs> chat about my yelling. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> oh my god let's 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 do an outro because you and it. i have got another fucking podcast recording in 40 minutes yeah so, you know like you do like you uh, do my co-host has been jade you can find them uh, find them on the internet at jade oxford rose and you can find them on their normal podcast at ftl cast and my wonderful co-host has been danielle you can find them on twitter at redtailtalk90 Redtailed Hawk 90 on Twitter. You can find the games they write at redtailedhawk90.itch.io. And you can find Dumb Kids Playing Hero, the Animorphs inspired actual play podcast that Danielle GMs and that I play in at DKPHPod on Twitter. All right. All right. Let's do a clap. Let's do a clap. Uh, at 25. 25.